Yo, what's good? What's good? Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. Scary pod, scary hours. <laughs> scary hours, scary pod. Drake dropped scary hours, fire. This is a scary pod. <laughs> We're gonna make this a scary pod, but also this is a this is a two this is the two hundredth episode of the IKP. So welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Isaiah Kid Podcast. Welcome back, the two hundredth episode, and how fitting! You guys already know what I'm starting with. Uh, I'm starting with Dak Prescott because this has been a long time coming. I oh my gosh, two hundredth episode. Let me first of all get my intro out the way. Shouts out to everybody that continues to listen. I'm your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kid. I really appreciate you guys continue to listen to my podcast and listen to the foolishness I sometimes spill. But this is my 200th episode, and this is such a big episode for myself. First, it's the 200th episode. That's like <laughs> that's the thing. You, I've done 200 of these. 200 of the 200 of these. You guys continue to, you know, from, from July of 2019 all the way up now to March of 2021, uh, almost two years uh, we're approaching that. You guys have continued to love the content. Uh, obviously, my audience has grown um, significantly. I'm going to just keep it 100. <laughs> it, 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 my audience has grown significantly, uh, and this has become like this podcast had become a part of what I do on a weekly basis. Uh, I mean, as far as like schooling and all this other stuff, I, 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 I'm, I'm in college, but I also do this. And it's, it's just become a part of my every week, my weekly, my weekly checklist. Um, it, it, I do it two times a week. You guys have loved it. I have learned a lot over the last 200 episodes from the inaugural episode all the way up to episode 50, all the way up to episode 100, all the way up to episode 150, and now we're here. So, once again, we continue to expand, um, and I'm, I'm greatly appreciative of it. I'm great. I'm, I'm, gra- I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of you guys continue to listen in. So, thank you. But then also, the reason why Dak Prescott got paid. The Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott, got paid. And if you guys can recall, when I first started this podcast, my first couple episodes were were about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys and this whole, you know, this whole long-term deal getting done. That happened, that, that started back in July of 2019. And to fast forward almost two years from now, 200 episodes later, um, I just, we, 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 Dak Prescott is just now getting the deal. So, uh, thank you guys. And Dak, shouts out to Dak. Congratulations to Dak. He finally got his deal. And, um, and you guys know, when I first started this cow, when I first started this podcast, you guys could probably figure I was a Cowboys enthusiast. I was a Cowboy enthusiast, and um, it's just been I, I, you know, I didn't talk about them a lot this past year because they was god awful. But you're gonna, you, this is gonna be a good one. And how fitting is it to talk about Dak Prescott getting his long term deal? So let's get right into it. I also, I'm also gonna bring on another Cowboy enthusiast. Somebody that you guys are familiar with. So as I already mentioned, um, I, I got a, I, I got another cowboy enthusiast with me. Uh, and you guys, like I said, you guys are familiar with him. Ron from the MNR show. Welcome back, Ron. Yes, sir. Back up. You know, Dak Prescott got signed yesterday. Yes, sir. I had to come and get my thoughts out about this. Yes, sir. I already knew I and I was and I was I was just telling my you know the audience before you came on I, I I've been talking about this Dak Prescott ever since this Dak Prescott deal ever since I got even ever since I started this podcast. So 
And I'm going to give the descriptions uh, as far as like the details of the deal. And yesterday, if you don't know, Dak Prescott got a long-term deal late last night because today was the like the deadline where teams started franchising, tagging guys. So you saw a couple guys around the league get franchise tag, and Dak avoided that this year. So he got a four-year, $160 million deal, $126 million guaranteed, which is a record, I assume. Um, and Dak, Dak basically got everything. Um, like Jerry is a bad poker player. Dak got a no trade clause. So they, it's not like they can flip him and, you know, get Russell Wilson for him hypothetically. No, he has to want to go to Seattle and he don't want to go to Seattle. Um, and he's getting 40 million per year, uh, no franchise tag. And Dak just basically got a lot. So I'm gonna let you go first, Ron, and I just play off, you know, play off you what you say. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't been this happy since for a deal that didn't they don't even look that good on the surface in a long time. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was actually playing football when I saw it. I, I was an hour late and my phone I was, I was like I had like a hundred notifications. I'm like, what is going on? I said, Oh, Dak just signed. The whole gym is just like screaming, going crazy because it's like you know the world's Cowboys fans. No matter where you at, like, <laughs> right? Still Cowboys facts. Fans. So it's like regardless of where you at, you gonna find some Cowboys fans. Like oh, we finally got Dak done. I, I don't know. I just think I don't know. I, I'm definitely on the on the Dak bandwagon. I don't think he's you know a top three QB in the league. Like some people, some Cowboys fans, good God. <laughs> but I still, at the end of the day, think he's a top ten QB and the best QB in his division. I just don't, I just don't think you can let the type of guy go. Like. The number one QB in, in your division, you know for a fact, if he's playing, you'll probably win it. Because, I mean, this competition is right now is Daniel Jones <laughs> and Jalen Harris. So I think he'll be fine. <laughs> right. I, I mean, I totally agree. I, I was so, and I've been so, I told Ron this before, and we even argued about this. Like, I told Ron how the Cowboys' offense should be played and. And and, and 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 at this point, I now see it differently, and that's the, that's the same way how I see the Dak Prescott contract uh, over the years. Like over the last couple of years, I've been flip flopping, and I'm like, you know, two years ago, I would have said thirty five, forty million for Dak. I'm like, no. Last year, I saw the team struggle. I saw his leadership being missed on and off the field. I said. Yeah, maybe he is worth forty million. I wouldn't mind because we stink. <laughs> we stink. I don't even talk about them. So I was like, you know what? Go ahead and pay him. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad. And last year I got on Dak, and not not necessarily I got on him more, but I was just people were so you know going crazy about his numbers, and his numbers were great. But I'm like, some of those numbers are kind of some empty calories, and that's why I came up with Stat Prescott. He, I mean, he was, he was, he was, he was getting fat like a cat in these in these second half games while the Cowboys were trailing. But ultimately, you, a guy with his intangibles, he's not like, like I think Ron said it the best. He's not like a top five quarterback. He's not an elite guy with in that class with Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. But he has the intangibles that you're looking for in a, in a quarterback and your franchise guy. And at, at times, I do think that can be a top 10 quarterback. You look at his numbers, you look at his, like, people like people always often say that wins shouldn't be like a quarterback stat. But if you're one of those people that think wins are a quarterback stat, just look at Dak. And since he's entered the league, only two other quarterbacks have won more games than him. And that's Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Russell Wilson is one of the greatest quarterbacks of our generation. So, I mean, you look at his numbers over the last couple of years, the Cowboys have kind of transitioned their offense into a run-heavy offense, into like a more pass-happy offense and playmakers on the outside. So I'm not mad with it. And maybe can we get in-depth as far as the contract? Because you let me know on some insight last night about how friendly this contract may seem, even though it's $40 million per year and he has a lot of guaranteed money. 
Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. The biggest thing is the Simons. Well, that really broke a lot of records with his cars. Like, even yes. though Mahomes got that huge number, but Dak broke a lot of records with just a lot of different things. Like he, it's, so it was one sixty for four years, but it's a sixty-six million dollars signing bonus. NFL record. It's seventy-five million in year one. NFL record. It's ninety-five million dollar guarantee. NFL record. And he's a no trade clause and no tag provision. Wow. So he agent equals A plus. But this is what the Cowboys came up with. I think at least it's like a B grade in this is that his capping for year one is still only I think it was he only has twenty two million in year yep. one. Ph- phenomenal. That is that is low. Wentz is hitting Philadelphia with thirty million. He's not on the team anymore. Wow. So it's like just to throw that comparison there. Right. So like Brandon Sheriff is you know the franchise tag is fully guaranteed. So it's your cap hundred percent. So Brandon Sheriff is an eighteen million dollar cap it as a guard. I even tackle a guard. I say he's not all pro, but a guard to your franchise QB that Apples yeah, and oranges. That's that's just crazy to me. Right. Yeah, so I so Dak, I think Dak really got off. I'm not mad at him. The end of the day, the signing bonus doesn't hit the cap as hard as the, the as the annual salary. So I get why Dak said, you know what? I mean, take my money now. One, if I get hurt, I also still have my money. Two, it, it actually somewhat helps the team. And they'll probably, I'm thinking maybe sound like one free agent with like a little bit of money. Not too many because they want the cap to roll over for next year. But still. Right. And and I, I know, I know and, and you went into it great. Um that was great. But Pat Mahomes, like I said, that got $126 million guaranteed. And Pat Mahomes got $63 million guaranteed. If I'm Pat Mahomes, I'm looking at my age and I'm like, what did we make? Where did we go wrong? And like Mahomes figure the 500, like that, that the 500 figure, it seems so much bigger. But you look at the guaranteed dollars and those signing bonuses, and you're like, Dak really, <laughs> Dak really got a better contract. I mean, Dak, and because because Ron just said it, Dak take he took home sixty six million today, <laughs> where Mahomes, where Mah- like, which, which is crazy, sixty six. I mean, think think just think about that, sixty six million in your bank account, crazy. But <laughs> Mahomes, I think he walked away with like. 12 on that day that he signed so you see the comparison as far as the guaranteed dollars and we all know Patrick Holmes is better than Dak but it's about it's not about as as far as like how talented you are but it's about when you get paid and Jerry once again he's he's such a bad poker player he bites on everything he pays everybody um and, the, and, and, and we we fall into a trap again. Yeah, I think going into like what you were saying about Jerry Jones, his problem is that we don't have a way to evaluate what positions matter most. Yes. We pay I, Demarcus Lawrence. A lot of people are really, really low on him. I'm not as low as probably most people. I'm, I'm, I'm low. I'm as high as some people. Because the sack numbers are not good. But we do know he's probably the number one run defensive defensive end in football. And he's, he has a high, you know, pass rush win rate. These are all such like, I mean, what does that really mean? He doesn't sack the quarterback. <laughs> but it's a lot that goes into that at the end of the day. We don't have any D tackle that's, you know, taking up two players. It's not as easy to get sacks. We saw when DeMarcus, when DeMarcus Ware in those ladies, and with Dallas, we're like, is DeMarcus Ware still good? He goes to Denver. They got all those fat boys in front of him. He's yep. getting off now uh-huh. again. So, that's also, I think, a factor. But then, but then, so I think that contract isn't that bad. But then you pay the off-ball linebacker that can't really rush. Smith. Oh, my God. Running back, the highest contract in NFL history, is EQ Elliott. That's why these are terrible players, but you, you just paid a less valuable position, valuable dollars. And then you didn't pay Byron Jones. When people are like, I mean, he doesn't have any picks. Bro, come on. This guy was on the island, and he was fine. Like, I never worried about this guy. Right. So it's just like, you could get for granted this Cowboys fans. Right. I um Jerry, I've always said it, and it's just become um it just become a theme now. He pays everybody, and now it's not in, in back in the 90s where it was a similar situation with Emmett. Emmett set out, Jerry, Jerry didn't want to pay. The Cowboys lost two straight two opening games, and they finally paid Emmett. Uh, you know, Jerry Jones is famous for going out in free agency and signing uh Deion Sanders that was like the first big 
time free agent move that happened in NFL history. So Jerry is all about flexing, I must say, <laughs> flexing, flexing the, his billionaire status. Because in my opinion, and you brung up some of the guys that we are paying handsomely, um, Demarcus Lawrence. I, I'm just in in this in this type of uh, you know conversations that me and Ron. I'm just not a fan of Demarcus Lawrence anymore. He used to be so good. He used to be so dominant. Now I'm not. I, I sometimes just lose sight. Even like, if is he on the field? Where is he? If he's out there, I don't know. Jalen Smith, uh, he just didn't look the same last year. I'm, I mean, Amari Cooper, he's a good receiver, but Jaylen scares me. I mean, Coop, he's not. We're paying him like he's Devonte Adams, and he's not that, and that's okay. But we're just paying these. We pay good players great money, and we're paying we're paying like six, seven players. Great money, and they're good players. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I agree. I just only thing is, I'm fine with paying good players great money at valuable positions. The end. Corner. Yes. Receiver slash tight end for good QB. But you're paying a running back, linebacker, the type that can't pass for us. You can't afford to play good good players great money at those. Less valuable positions. Like if that was Luke Keekley, okay, by all means, because he's significantly better than his replacement. Jalen Smith, ah, Zeke and Pollard, which is a kind of I'm not even sure. Is that better at this point? I mean, I think all the advanced stats show that basically. Right. That Pollard is better for the system, at least. Yeah, if not just as good, yeah. I mean, uh, and and this is the thing, the good now let me let me be, let me let me tell you guys the good news. The good news is the Cowboys play in the NFC East, so they by far, like Ron said, they by far, and it's it's a it's by a landslide. They have the best quarterback in the division. Um, Danny Dimes he shows flashes, but he 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 he, he trips over his own feet. Give me a break. Um, Jalen Hurts, I'm not as huge on him. I think um, I don't know if Ron noticed, but I think he's a better runner of the ball than an actual thrower. And I think we all know how that story ends. So I'm not too big on Hurts. And then whatever the Washington football team is going to do, um, I don't know if it's going to be Taylor Heineke or Mac Jones. I don't I don't know. Um, but they're not better than Dak. So the Cowboys should be like nine and seven, ten and six, like they've been over the last four years. And they'll probably get to the playoffs. I don't know if we'll be a Super Bowl team. How do you think we should approach the draft? Yeah, my my take on the Cowboys of how good a team will be is will be free to say in the draft. Right now, like you said, we're about nine to seven team probably. Nine to seven, yeah. Because the defense is that bad. <laughs> but at the same time, this draft has has some really good players. Every positions that we need. That's the key right there. Because the draft is weak at a lot of positions. But if this is that the Cowboys need, it's pretty good. And, I mean, this draft's a pretty good QB draft, so some teams might – maybe it's QB falls and we trade back in the draft and get more picks. But, I mean, my perfect pick for the Cowboys is either, you know, Farley is my number one with Sertan. Mm-hmm. I like Farley better, but would I even care if we judge Sertan? No. I no. know for a fact Sertan will be a good coin in the NFL. Will he be an all-pro? I don't know. But will he Will he be good? I'm 100% sure Sertan will be good. Farley scares me because – he has all pro potential, but I can't guarantee he'll be good because he, he set out the year, had a little bit of injury history. Mm-hmm. So that kind of scares me. But that corner, I, I just don't, I can't see it taking any other position besides corner. Yeah. Unless somehow we trade for Gilmore. And even then, I still say draft corner, like go young. Yeah. I I, I just, um like you, you mentioned with Dak's con, the cap hit on Dak, and it's only 22 million. So that leaves us about. 14 15 million dollars in the salary cap. We I think everything should be defense, defense, defense and more defense. Um we need to add to that defense yeah, seriously. Uh I can't go another year with us winning games 38 to 34 and having to come back. I just don't want to live like that. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't. 
like you said, I think we're one of the only teams, though, if you think about it, that has all 11 offensive starters coming back. Like, I'm, like, think about it. We have, I mean, Charles played pretty good last year as a tight end. Mm-hmm. He wasn't the number one. Jarwin is the number one tight end in the Cowboys. So he'll be coming back. Uh, you have really the, the key for the Dallas Cowboys, Tyron Smith. I don't like if you're a Cowboys fan. You know, every look, man, we like a lot of players. That guy, Tyron Smith, man, talk about valuable. I, we lo- I love him. I love him. Like, he's one of the most valuable players I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Ha- Hall of Fame tackle. Yeah, and then Collins is not a square up on the other side. No. Yeah, I think he was almost all pro in 2019. 19, so yeah. He'll remember, he missed the whole other day. Yeah, sadly, he had a car accident. Right. So hopefully, no, he's back from his car accident. So you get two tackles back. That's huge. Right. You also get all your receivers back. We haven't traded Gallup yet. Will we? Probably not. We're probably just not. I think we should, but. I'm fine with, I mean, you get one last season out of him. I'm not mad at it. Maybe they train for defensive hell. We'll see. But overall, I mean, the Cowboys should have all 11 offensive stars come back. So that means you should just go 100%. We need, we need a D-tackle, maybe another end. The linebacker room really, really scares me. Safety, I think we'll, I, I think the Cowboys will finally drive safety in the draft. I'm going to speak that into existence. Because the second round is a is a lot of good safeties that I like. Mm-hmm. like we got Richie Grant, mm-hmm. like a baby Earl, uh, our Darius Washington, uh, Javon Holland from Oregon. It's a lot of safeties in the second round that they are going to be there. You just need to draft one. <laughs> like, right. Get your top three. If one of those three are there, you draft that one of those three. Simple. Right. Uh, I, I, I say my goal, hopefully, is corner and safety for me, for the Cowboys. I, I completely agree. Uh, you talked about and that's that's a, that's a, that's something interesting that you mentioned about we're only the like one of the only teams around the league that's bringing back 11, 11 of our you know starters on offense. I think that's key. Um, we need some continuity. Um, Town Smith, I I wouldn't mind in the second round if the Cowboys drafted a left tackle because at this point he can't play sixteen games. I, I I I hate to say it, but over the last few years, if you're a Cowboys fan, you know Tyron Smith cannot play 16 games. Now, when he's on the field, he's very productive. I mean, he's he's great. He's one of the better, if not the best, left tackle in football. But that's the thing. He can't stay on the field consistently. Uh, you mentioned Michael Gallup. We have, I love our receivers on the outside. We have a lot of talent on at the receiver position. I'm not worried about that. Um, I like Cedric Wilson. I, he had some flashes early Cedric in the Wilson's season. Good, yeah. Yes, he's uh, a he's, he's a burner. He's a burner. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind if they traded Michael Gallup um, in exchange for a draft pick or you know defensive help. I told, I think I told you this a couple weeks ago. I would love to see us get another defensive tackle. We haven't had a, a good defensive tackle since David Irving. So I, I would love yeah, to see that. Accident. Like he was like a seventh round pick. Like yeah. So. Right. <laughs> it, 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 that happened. That you're right. It happened on accident, and we couldn't keep him. You know, we 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 love these players that have you know discipline problems and off the field issues. We love it. We love it. We love it. But um, so tell me this about the Cowboys, because um, I've been I've been doing some drafts. I've been doing some draft, you know, details with you. And you already mentioned Sertan, uh, how you think Sertan is almost a guarantee to be a good corner. Now, you don't know about all pro level, but good corner, guaranteed, almost. And then you said fairly from Virginia Tech. He has the upside in the ceiling to be an all-pro, but he has injury issues. If the Cowboys, let's say in the let's say the second and third round, let's say they take Sertan. And so what would you do in the second and third round for the Cowboys? Yeah, definitely probably the left side of one you brought up is not bad. Cause this is a really like I'm not gonna lie, this might be the best left tackle because I've just I've been like really scouting football like the last five years. This is probably the best one I've seen. Mm. Like Eschenberg from Nora Dame is probably the sixth or seventh best awesome defensive tackle. He'll probably be a day one starter on somebody's team or a project, but really a project that could start. Right. It's a lot of good tackles in this year draft. So I wouldn't I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, ah, damn, we drafted a tackle. Will we probably do that? Probably not. But would I be mad? No. We'll probably, uh, hopefully at least, draft a safety or a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Jabril Cox from LSU, 
is going to be there mm-hmm. with our pick. Yes. And he fits the this type of Dan Quinn speed linebacker scheme. You got Richie Grant from, what's that, UCF and the two uh, TCU safeties. Yes. We need probably a free safety. God, that Don Wilson's pretty good. Then the year, the strong safety we had, he was 37. Mm-hmm. That he caught like three picks and some fumbles. I was like, yes. Oh, this guy might be a strong. Because strong safety is like a Jamal Adams boss can, you know, rush a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think we might have our strong safety, but we need like a Earl Thomas type of or a higher kid from Titans. That type of guy that can play that type of role. Right. Sertan is like a. I think uh, I saw his comp was Namdi Osmar. We all remember Namdi from Oakland. Yes. Strong corner. Strong. He's going to bump and run you. Mm-hmm. is even though he's like 6'2", he ran 4'3", but he's not physical. So mm. He's like a – he really plays like Brandon Flower. You know, Flower's only 5'9", but Farley doesn't play 6'3". Wow. He play, he's tall, but that's not his game. Okay. His game is speed. Like, he's a speed. He's a burner. Like, he's like – I mean, Jair was pretty fast who come out, but Jair, is, again, is only 5'10". Right. This guy ran four three two at Tech at the pro day. At so six two. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, that sounds that sounds that sounds straight with me. Uh yeah, I don't think they're gonna take left tackle. I wouldn't mind it, but I, I think everything needs to be defense. And just the last thing right here, because I don't want to hold you any longer. But Dan Quinn, you mentioned Dan Quinn and his scheme. How is Dan Quinn's scheme going to improve the Cowboys' defense? I mean, any type of improvement is would be better than last year. It was god-awful. Mike Nolan. Yeah, the Cowboys defense was somewhat improving as the year went on. Of course, by the time it started improving, of course, Dak wasn't in there. Because that's just how the Cowboys' luck goes. So, we all know how that goes. Jesus. But, I mean, Dan Quinn, people were really down on him. But I'm like, I mean, he was a, guy was a head coach for a reason. I mean, the line defense was pretty good early on. If you remember that Super Bowl, yeah, they could fly. Mm-hmm. They could all these fast linebackers and good corners. Yep. Trevon Diggs is going to be the best beneficiary because this is his type of corner. This is the Sherman mold. I guess I hate Sherman, but that's his. That's way he plays his own corner. And he got so better. Probably also good because they're Alabama boys. Yes. So literally, this is Trevon. This is going to be first. Trevon was kind of improving. He was. Yeah, I was actually surprised. He, he got better. Yeah, but I saw even when he was rough, he was like there slash trying. Versus you see the other corners, they just get they're just getting blown. Get like, dusted. Like he's like in the city. You see, he's like it's just it's always effort for a corner. So like I can say okay. I say okay. He has something in him that screams I'm a starter at least in the NFL. So I'm like okay. So I think Diggs is going to really improve. Jalen, I heard he's actually moving to Sam linebacker now. I guess it's supposed to fix his woes. I guess right. Uh, <laughs> Cause he is pretty fast. That's not not like he's not fast. He just can't move side to side. The knee, he can't feel his foot or, or something like that. So, but he's pretty fast vertically. So I, I mean, I think Dan Quinn's going to implement some speed to the defense, which I think is good for Dak because we're trying to air it out. Yeah, I mean, you know, Dak was averaging three hundred ninety-seven yards passing per game. Jesus, which would have, which would have. I think beat the record mm-hmm. about over 400 yards. Yes. So not even if I kept that up, but it's the principle that that's, we can throw the ball if we have to. Yeah. Like, so we just need a defense to sack the QB and get picks. You don't really have to necessarily be like a yardage defense. We need, we need turnovers. We have struggled for that for years. We cannot yeah. turn people over. That's why I was happy with Diggs. He, he was around the ball. Yes. Like, like three picks. I'm like, okay, this guy. At least can turn the ball over, bro. That's so rare for Cowboys. Is I don't know why. I, I don't know why, but in the last few years, I mean, the I I I, I can't think of a Cowboy team that or defense that was able to force a lot of a lot of uh, turnovers and fumbles and interceptions. I think of always think of Jeff Heath, that safety that we had that that's that's now in yeah. Oakland. He always he could have he could have had more picks. Then, I mean, he could have had more picks. He was always around the ball. He would always try to go for the hit instead of the actual ball. And I'm like, what are you doing? We need turnovers. But um, I hope, you know, I hope our defense gets better. If our defense gets better, I think. Quinn is pretty good with turnovers. Yeah. Because when Seattle, he was Seattle, they were like, that was it. Like, he was the one that started the lobs. It was was a lob city. Uh, No, it was uh, Legion of Boom. Legion of Boom. Yeah, so he started that, and Sherman was what getting like eight picks a year. Yes, he probably won't get that because Diggs is not that good. But he'll literally tell him, "Yeah, 
You see Sherman. Watch him. Also, I think Richard Sherman is a free agent. Not saying he'll come to the Cowboys, but he probably, either us or the Chargers, I see him going to mm. the Chargers of Gus Bradley, his other coordinator. I'm looking for one of those teams for him. We could be a destination. I would be mad at it because he's a vet that can just teach other corners just how to play. Right. So I wouldn't be mad at that at all. He's not going to be like our number one guy, but I, I wouldn't mind yeah. that. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, not at all. Not, especially for the young guy. We got a lot of young guys. The Anthony Brown's on the contract. Not the best corner. He's good in a slot, but if you put him on the outside, he gets toasted. Close, he gets toasted. He has to. He's, he's fast, but he's good in a slot. But man, <laughs> outside, he is like, wow. He's, he's a baby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but thank you, Ron, for coming on once again. Always supporting Sean Love. Uh, I knew I had to get you on on this Dak Prescott contract situation because it was. I mean, we've been waiting on this. I've been waiting on this. I know you've been waiting on this. So thank you for coming on. Uh, and you know, you can shout out your podcast. And also, I will leave their podcast and all of their information in the description below. So you can look at the description. Their links will be right in the description below. Yeah, so definitely, you know, thanks for having me on. Everyone knows, big Cowboys enthusiast, and now a pretty big Dak enthusiast. It seems like I feel like I've been more of a Dak fan than most because of the bad like commentary from like the Dan Olafskis of the world. But anyway, <laughs> you all can follow us at Malk and Ron Show, so M A L C R O N, and then Show on Instagram and Twitter at and M and R Show on YouTube. Yep. Thank you very much. Thank you. No problem. Uh, like I said. Those stuff will be in the link of the description. You can also type it in, as he just said. Thank you, guys. <clears throat> uh, I'll be back on the next segment. We're going to talk about uh, Blake Griffin going to the Nets. All right, so let's shift gears to the NBA. I'm going to touch. I'm going. I'm going to go back and touch on Dak in some other big time free agency or I shouldn't. I keep saying big time. Some other free agency news that concerns other teams because. We just talked a lot of Dallas Cowboys, and I know a lot of you guys cannot stand that. And I know a lot of you guys like that. It's America's team. Get with it or, out of, you know, get with it. Um, but let's talk about Blake Griffin and the Brooklyn Nets. Blake Griffin, he was brought out by the Detroit Pistons. Um, and Blake Griffin, I mean, let's just be honest, Blake Griffin – he he has he 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 his athleticism has depreciated greatly, and he is now just a guy. Really, he's just a guy. Uh, and the name the name Blake Griffin really rings a lot of bells. People think about the dunking, um, the dunk contest. But we are so far away from that. Blake Griffin is so far away from that. Uh, his body physically is so far away from that. So he signed with the Brooklyn Nets, and it's a very cheap deal. It is a high-reward, low-risk deal. Low-reward, low. It's a low-risk, high-reward type of deal. You know, he, he signed a cheap deal. He First, he took a $13 million haircut um, of his salary back in Detroit. They bought him out and then, you know, cleared all his waivers, and he signed a little one-year deal with the Brooklyn Nets to remain with the Brooklyn Nets for the remainder of the year. Brooklyn, you know, Blake and when and when and when this was announced, people went crazy. People went up in a roar. Oh my god, Blake Griffin to the Nets. Kevin Durant, you got to stack the deck. The Brooklyn Nets are just they're just going crazy now. Ladies and gentlemen, Knock, knock. Is anybody home? Is my mic on? Is anybody home? Blake Griffin, it ring, like I said, the name rings, rings, you know, it rings value. Like the na name Blake Griffin, like, oh, yeah, Blake Griffin. Oh, my God. But Blake Griffin was once upon a time was a four. He was a five time all NBA guy. He was a six time all star. But at this point of his career, and he's still relatively young. Blake is 31. He's 31, and his birthday is actually next week. How fitting is that? So, even at his even at his young age, Blake Griffin is no longer the Blake Griffin that people remember. 
In his 20 games that he's played with the with the Pistons this year, he's averaging them 12 points with with a field goal percentage of 36 and a half percent, a 70 percent free throw shooter, and it's just gone all downhill. He hasn't dunked a basketball since 2019. That shows you how far Blake Griffin has just dropped. And once again, I, I hate to do it because a lot of you guys don't like Chris Paul because he's not fancy and all that good stuff. But Chris Paul is the ultimate leader. And wherever he goes, Chris Paul wins. And I swear to I swear to you not. I used to defend Blake. I used to defend I used to defend Chris Paul when the Clippers, when that Clipper team with Lob City. Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, those guys. When when they and when so many people sent so much criticism to Chris Paul way, I said it's it's not a Chris Paul thing. It's a Blake Griffin thing. It is not a Chris Paul thing. Since Chris Paul has left, since Blake Griffin has left Chris Paul, Blake Griffin has disappeared into the ether. As along with his athleticism. And I don't want to. And, and I don't want to make this like I'm banging on Blake or like I'm shitting on Blake. No, I don't want to make it seem like that. But I'm just giving you. I'm just giving you guys the god honest truth. I'm being a hundred percent. I'm being. I'm keeping it a buck. Get this stat. And I saw this. I saw somebody point out this stat. Blake Griffin is the only player in the NBA who's six seven or taller with at least 150 shot attempts and hasn't had a dunk this year. That is insane when you think about the type of in-game dunker that Blake Griffin was and was probably the best in-game dunker in basketball, you know, in his during his time. He went from the best in-game dunker to not even dunking at all. Like that is insane. That's like Steph Curry being the best shooter of all time and just Steph all of a sudden just loses the touch. <laughs> it's insane. That's what happened to Blake Griffin. 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 Now, that would never happen to Steph Curry. You know, shooters don't lose their touch. Athleticism does depreciate and go away. But people are going crazy over Blake Griffin joining the Nets. This, this, this Blake Griffin joining the Nets it reminds me of a, a little bit, a little bit. It reminds me a little bit of the Dwight Howard deal with the Lakers. Dwight Howard, his the expectations were very low. They weren't expecting a lot from Dwight Howard. They were expecting him to play defense, rebound the basketball, get a couple dunks, alley-oops here and there, and do what you got to do in the minutes that you're given. And he did that. And, and, and so many people praised Dwight Howard for the role he played, but the reason why they praised him so much because the expectations were so low. And that is something similar to here with Blake Griffin. The expectations are so low. He has fallen so low. His athleticism has gone away, and, and it's just been stripped of him. And remember, Blake Griffin has always been a guy that's been – He's he's relied on his athleticism. That's a heavy part of his game. It was at least, you know, he's never been a great jump shooter. He was never a great uh, back to the basket type of guy. So the athleticism was his key, and that is gone. So, and, and by the way, so now I'm talking about in Brooklyn. Now he's in Brooklyn. He's going to be playing with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden. All these other shooters that Brooklyn have, that, that, that Brooklyn's going to have on the floor, Joe Harris, TLC, uh, Jeff Green, they're going to have all these shooters on the floor. It's only going to open up space for Blake Griffin. And I think I think ultimately, Blake Griffin will be okay. I mean, he's not going to – now, I'm not – and please, don't expect Blake Griffin to just be this all-of-a-sudden all-star. Don't expect him to be this guy that's going to come in and average 15 a night. It's not going to happen, okay? But what is what is going to happen is he's going to have easier and clearer looks at the basket. He's going to be able to score 
much more efficiently at the rim than what he's been doing over the last couple years in Detroit. Okay? So the game offensively will be easier. Defensively, Blake has never been a like a great defender. Um, he doesn't, quite frankly, if you want me to be honest, he does not feel the needs of the Brooklyn Nets defensively. Um, and, and like I said, like his athleticism could help him defensively, but his athleticism is no longer there. Okay. So I need people to stop saying, oh my God, this is a super team. Kevin Durant, you got to stack the deck. And maybe that's true. The, 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 Kevin Durant has stacked the deck. Okay. He has, but LeBron has too. Okay. LeBron has too. Damn it. LeBron has too. I'm, t I'm so I had to, I had to, I, and I, I had to get this off. I gotta get this off. I have to. Let me cook. Let me get this isolation. Let me cook. Because you LeBron fanboys, and, and, and by the way, I'm a LeBron fan. I'm a LeBron fan. And I've been watching this guy for a very long time. I've been watching LeBron for a very long time. And I like and I love LeBron. LeBron's my favorite player. He is my guy. But LeBron started player, he started the player empowerment era. He started super teams. And let me be clear. Let me be clear. I'm not saying LeBron would and I'm not saying LeBron in the Heat was the first super team. No. When I mean started super teams in the player empowerment era, I'm talking about LeBron was the first marquee superstar NBA free agent who decided to team up with two of his friends on the same team, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. And then that's when they formed a big three. I'm not talking about the 80s Lakers who drafted Kareem, I mean, who drafted Magic Johnson, who drafted James Worthy. And by the way, they traded for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but that that was like in the that happened in like the mid to late seventies. So when they traded for Kareem, Magic Johnson wasn't even there, and in in, it wasn't the super team. But they drafted Magic Johnson. They ultimately drafted Byron Scott. They ultimately drafted James Worthy. They drafted Michael Cooper. They drafted all of these guys. I'm not talking about those '80s Celtics. I'm not talking about those '90s Bulls. I'm not talking about those 2000 Lakers. I'm not talking about the 2007 Celtics because the 2007 Celtics, that that that, that they KG that wasn't even KG's first option. Kevin Garnett's first option was the Lakers. He didn't want to. That wasn't Boston was not on top of KG's list. It's just so happenly. That Boston traded, they made the right move, they pulled the plug before the Lakers could, and they got KG, and then they ultimately got Ray Allen. But they didn't come together as free agents and join the same team. And that right there was the player empowerment era. And there's nothing wrong with LeBron James starting it. But you got to be real. You got you to gotta be real. LeBron James started the player empowerment era, and at this point, Kevin Durant is finishing it. Kevin Durant is just doing what LeBron is doing, but it seems like he's doing it better. He seems like he's doing it better. LeBron is MySpace. KD is Facebook. LeBron, yes. He started the player empowerment era. He formed his big three in Miami. He did. And Kevin Durant did join the Warriors. That's okay. He did, but LeBron started the player empowerment era, and it's nothing wrong with that. But right now, it's kind of eating him. It's eating at him. It's biting him back in the butt because Kevin Durant is doing it better. LeBron is MySpace. Kevin Durant is Facebook. Simple. And I dare anyone to say otherwise. I dare, I dare anyone to say otherwise because it's true. People, people love to bring up the 07 Celtics. You guys don't even know the backstory behind the 07 Celtics. Kevin, if you did, you would know Kevin Garnett's first option was not the Celtics. He also got traded. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't get up and leave in free agency. 
Once again, it's nothing wrong with that. I don't have I don't have nothing wrong with that. Now, some other people may see may may seem like they're like LeBron and KD are cheating the game. I don't think that because you're a free agent. You are a free agent. You are free to go anywhere. So I'm not mad at them for leaving. But let's keep it. Let's just keep it a buck. Who started it? LeBron. He was the first superstar. Marquee superstar in his prime to leave and join two other superstars. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's the truth. And Kevin Durant did the same thing. And Kevin Durant seems like he's doing it better. And I think that's why a lot of these LeBron fanboys are a little bit ticked off. Because they're like, oh, Kevin Durant, he's stacking the deck. LeBron LeBron does the same thing. It's just that Kevin Durant is doing a little bit better. He's doing a little bit better. That's all. But LeBron did start it, and it's biting him back in the butt. LeBron is MySpace. Kevin Durant is Facebook. Simple. Simple as that. Simple as that. And nobody will uh, argue that against me. Nobody will because it's, it's, it's facts. It's inarguable. So, yes, uh, Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, they signed uh, Blake Griffin, and it seems like they're favorites to sign Andre Drummond. So, yeah, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get back to these NFL the NFL news. A lot a lot of a lot of transactions happened today. I know I know Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, <laughs> they were they were just tweeting away. Because of all of these moves that were happening, and I'm gonna break down a little bit on that. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna close out with those some of those points and some of those uh, transactions that happened. <clears throat> hey y'all, what do you, I mean? Okay, you want some new sportswear? You want some new sports apparel? You want to rep your favorite team? What are you waiting for? Go over to the 47 brand. They have up to a 30 percent sale right now. Up to a 30 percent sale right now. At the 47 brand, they have your favorite teams. It don't matter what sport, what league. It can be college football. It can be NBA, NFL, MLB, um, NHL. It does not matter. The 47 brand has it. Go over there. Rep your favorite team. Don't miss out on that sale. The 47 brand. Okay. So, um, and before I move on to the NFL news and the transactions that uh, that transpired today, Once again, I know, I know there have been players like Carl Malone and Gary Payton who late in their career went to different teams. I know that. But we never seen a player in free agency in their prime, a marquee superstar player of LeBron James caliber in their prime, go to a team, go team up with two other all-stars and form a big three, uh, and we just have never seen that. We have never seen that, okay? So I understand there's been guys like Carmelone late in their career, go join different teams. Bill Walton did it with, you know, he had injuries and left the Blazers and went to the Celtics. I understand that, but those guys were past their prime or at the tail end of it. LeBron was at, hey, LeBron was 26 years years of age. Where he went to Miami. So I, I don't want to hear it. But let's move on. Um, and before I even get to the other transactions, I just want to touch bases one last time on Dak. I feel like that is well deserved because I've been talking about this damn contract for two years now, almost. And this Dak deal, and, and me and Ron broke it down pretty good. We we broke it down well. It's for the first couple years, at least for the first year, at least. It's a it's a it's a team friendly deal. So it still allows the Cowboys to have some type of flexibility to go out and sign some something, you know, some guys on defense. Uh I think like I said the Cowboys the the draft should be all defense. It should be trying to improve their defense. And then also with Dak, I I feel like Jerry Jones has 
he he's paid so many good players great money, even on this current roster. Like if you look at the checkbooks, it's a lot of good players getting great money. And Dak is one of those players. Dak is a good player who is receiving great money. But at the quarterback position, I don't mind that because first, they should have been paid him. Should have paid him two years ago. If they would have paid him two years ago, his deal would have looked like anything. If you guys remember when the 49ers signed Jimmy Garoppolo, everybody was like, oh, my God, Jimmy Garoppolo, how did he get a deal like this? Well, if you look you look at that deal now, two years later, two and a half years later, that Jimmy Garoppolo deal ain't nothing. That Jimmy Garoppolo deal ain't got nothing on this Dak Prescott deal right now. I think it's also to I think it's also key to remember is the TV deals are coming up. So, you know, we we expect the TV deals for the NFL to be over the top. We expect them to be, you know, pretty they should they should, those TV deals look they're going to look pretty good. So, that 40 million dollar per year tag or um you know, that price tag that's on Dak I'm not going to say it's going to look small, but it's not going to be as astronomical as it seems right now because that's the way that's that's how every quarterback contract is. Whoever whoever gets paid the latest or whoever's the most recent to get paid, it's always looked upon as, "Oh wow, oh my god, that deal is massive." But then 2-3 years later, you're like, "That deal is worth it's not nothing." And you that happened with Jimmy Garoppolo, you look at look at Jimmy G's deal. G, the 49ers, that's a you you that is a good deal. That is a good deal. You look at it right now. But I think you can't beat that of your Dak and Jerry Jones once again. He shows he shows his hands and Jerry Jones always cave in. He always cave in at the darnest times. He always cave in. It's just, it's remarkable. He always caves in, and he, you know, caved in this time, and he paid Dak. And with all the, with, with all the, and this, like, with all the no trade clause and the can't be franchise tag and with the guarantee money that he gave him, why didn't Jerry just do this two years ago? Because if everybody else knew that the price was only going to, get higher and, and increase over the last couple years, then why Jerry Dish didn't play him two years ago or a year ago? It's it's just it just once again it shows you uh how Jerry how he caves in and so forth. I don't know. But let's look at some other news around the league. Um the Packers did not franchise tag Aaron Jones. So he he's gonna be heading to free agency but the Packers are going to try to resign him. Um, the Saints, they franchise tag Marcus Williams. He's a pretty good safety. Uh, Hassan Reddick, he was not franchise tagged by the Cardinals. He led the team in sacks last year. Uh, you, you have another guy, another running back, Chris Carson. He, was, he, he will not be franchise tagged by the Seahawks. Uh, the Bears, they franchise tag Allen Robinson. The Buccaneers franchise tagged. They franchise tag Chris Godwin. Uh, the Chargers did not franchise tag Hunter Henry. So he's heading to free agency. The Lions did not franchise tag Kenny Galladay. So he's heading to free agency. The Steelers did not franchise tag Bud Dupree. So he's headed to free agency. Uh, I already talked about Chris Godwin. The Panthers are going to use their franchise tag on offensive tackle Taylor Moulton. It's going to be worth between $13.5 million and $14 million. Um, the Patriots, big-time move. They traded and they got back offensive tackle Trent Brown uh they're gonna also try to re rework his deal the Patriots um they are not expected to franchise tag offensive guard Joe Tooney 
Uh, they've been trying to get, they've been trying to move him around for the last couple of years as well. And uh, it was a lot of, it was a lot of other stuff. It was a lot of other news. Uh, oh yeah, the Jet safety Marcus May, he got placed on the franchise tag. He is really good. Um, and that franchise tag is worth about ten and a half million. The other news, it's a lot of Dak. The Seahawks, they release Carlos Dunlap. It's a lot of Dak. It's a lot of Dak um, going into here. Micah Hyde, they, they, you know, the Bills gave him a two-year extension. Uh, the Chargers are trying to trade Trey Turner, a Pro Bowl guard. He's pretty good. I have Ron mentioned it earlier in the episode, but the Cal, uh, the the Washington Football Team, they franchise tag Brandon Sheriff, a uh, right guard. He's a pretty he's a pretty good right guard, but that franchise tag is worth a lot. The Titans they release cornerback Malcolm Butler. So a lot of moves, a lot of moves have been happening. Let me see if I can get you guys. Yeah, I'm about to get you guys some more news. Uh, um, oh, yeah. Levante David and the Buccaneers came to an agreement. He signed a two-year deal. Um, let me get the Pacific numbers on that. Uh, he signed a two-year deal. Worth $25 million. So congratulations to Devontae, Levante David, who, 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 who he deserves it. Um, let's see. Is it any more news? Okay. The Rams, they did not franchise tag John Johnson. Uh, he's, I, I, John Johnson is really good. John Johnson is a great player. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna get a lot of buyers in the market. Um, the Giants, the New York Giants, they placed the franchise tag on defensive lineman Leonard Williams, who had a pretty good year for them last year. Sorry, guys, just trying to find just trying to find some news uh, to let you guys know. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Um, I don't want to hold you guys any longer. If I can't find any more news, that's okay. That is okay. That is okay. Also with that Malcolm Butler news. Uh, so originally he, he signed a five year deal, but with that, with, with the Titans releasing him, they saved more than $10 million against the cap. So once again, that speaks to what I was talking about before all of this, all of these transactions, you know, happened. That speaks to the news I was talking about with uh, players getting cut because teams are trying to, you know, reserve certain a certain amount of salary space to go out and do what they need to do. And that seems about it. Okay, the Seahawks won't. They won't franchise tag Shaquille Griffin. Um, they're gonna try to retain him, but he's gonna be he's gonna be a serious buyer on the market. So, like I said, as I predicted a couple weeks back, um, even before the season ended, or even after the season ended, I said, "Hey, it's gonna be a lot of moves, a lot of new faces, and a lot of new places." So, um, yeah, I. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'm going to let you guys go. Really great episode, 200th episode. Thank you, guys. I greatly appreciate it. I've done this 200 times. You guys have come back and come back and come back and come back and come back. And you guys are continuing to come back, I'm, I hope, because uh, we're doing a great job. And I just greatly – I just – I don't know how many times I'm going to say it, but I just appreciate all the support, all the love uh, that I'm getting or that I have been getting over the last two years, nearly, of just podcasting. Thank you, guys. 200 episodes. It feels good. I've been so consistent as well, too. Um, 
So, yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. Always remember two choices, one decision. I am out. Also, I'm gonna leave the, the I'm gonna leave the links in the description to uh, to the Mountain Rom show, the the MNR show. Uh, Ron always, you know, Ron usually comes on. We talk some football, basketball, so forth. It's a really good that's a really good podcast. Another good podcast. Listen to you know to listen to. So go support them. Shout out to them. And shout out to y'all, the listeners. You guys mean a lot. You guys are the you guys are the important people. You guys make it happen. So thank you guys. Uh greatly appreciate it. Um, and I'm gone. Peace, deuces. Enjoy this episode, and I'll see you guys on the weekend. Thank you.